I'm David Perdue. Hey, it's John Ossoff. I'm Kelly Leffler. I'm Raphael Warnock. I approve this message. I approve this message. I approve this message. Can I approve this message? Hi, everybody. I'm Joshua Danziger. And I'm Ethan Canfield. And this is The Young Perspective, where we talk about America's biggest political and social dilemmas from the eyes of two high schoolers. So today, everybody, we're talking about some of the biggest news of the past couple weeks, and I guess the coming couple weeks, the Georgia elections. They are coming up on January 5th, Tuesday the 5th, this upcoming Tuesday, 2021. And they may just be the most consequential elections of the cycle because the Georgia elections are going to decide what the Biden administration does, how much they are able to pass in Congress, and how much of this country they're able to change. So before we get into you know the, the consequences of the Georgia elections, we must go into the past. Why right. are they occurring? So right, this election is very important because back in November, when the normal elections happened around the country, Georgia had two elections for Senate. There was then one normal elections where David Perdue, the incumbent, ran against John Ossoff, a rising Democrat who was pretty young. And then the special election was because John Isaacson had some medical condition that he had to resign from his position in the middle of his term. And the governor of Georgia appointed Kelly Loeffler to take his spot. And now she has to run again during this election to get reappointed for a full term. And Raphael Warnock ran against Kelly Loeffler. And what ended up happening in both elections, there was not a 50% majority winner. And in Georgia, what ends up happening is if there's not a 50% majority winner, it goes to a runoff. That means in a few months, the top two candidates go face against each other. And whoever wins that wins the race. And so now it's the Democrat Raphael Warnock versus the Republican Kelly Loeffler, and then the other race, the Democrat John Ossoff versus the Republican David Perdue. The runoff system in Georgia is really only specific to Georgia and maybe one or two other states. In most states, if you the candidate who gets the most votes, the largest percentage of the electorate votes for them, they win. But in Georgia, since the 60s, it's, it's a runoff system. So if you don't get 50% or I guess 50% plus one voter of the population, then you, you don't win. And this has racial roots from the 1960s. A, a state senator in Georgia proposed it because he was scared of black Georgia voters who were you know, getting a lot more rights and abilities in the 60s to vote. He was scared that they were going to go and, and vote out the white candidates and, and then Georgia would you know, be a black state and it would be represented by black leaders. Right. There were enough black voters uh, at that time that and if the white voters were split between enough white nominees, then what ended up happening is the black voters would have a majority of the vote, but not a 50% majority usually. And so when they would go to a runoff, all the white voters would band against the one white nominee. And that, that would be a majority, a 50% majority, because there are more white voters than black voters. Years later, after Georgia had voted this voting system into, into state law, the state senator who proposed this election system agreed that it was racist. He said right. it was racially biased. And he said the point of it was so blacks couldn't have the same power to elect a, a black representative that wouldn't work, you know, maybe towards the white idea that this state senator had for, for the state. So now years later, we see the runoff system is doing what it was intended to do. You had Raphael Warnock, a black Democrat. He didn't get 50%, but he got the most out of any other candidate who was running in, in that in, he got 32% of the vote. He got 32% of the vote. Kelly Loeffler got 25%. Right. 
and she split it with another Republican who got 20%. So Raphael Warnock, if he had been in another state, he would have won. But like now the fear is that he won't win because as the Georgia state senator had intended, the Republicans will link together and it's only going to be Kelly Loeffler because she was the second place candidate. All the Republican votes will go to Kelly Loeffler and it'll be 40 for 5% or over 50%. So instead of splitting the votes among the, among the Republicans, the hope back then in the 60s was that the, all the Republican votes w- would help the white candidate win. Right. And this can be seen throughout a lot of the South. A lot of Southern states have, the, have a runoff system in place. I think it's around nine or 10 states in total. Some states actually, I think recently Florida got rid of it, but it was a common thing that these states thought of a way to diminish the black vote and find a way that there would never be a black senator. And it's actually true in Georgia, there's never been a black senator and Raphael Warnock would be the first black senator if he's elected. So the effects of you know the, the civil rights movement um, and blacks getting more power and more rights, I guess, in the 60s are felt to this day. And one of the saving graces for Georgia Democrats was a lady named Stacey Abrams. She had lost an election in 2018, many argue unfairly. So since then, she has signed up 800,000 voters in Georgia, most of whom were Democrats and 45% of whom were black. She is contributing a ton to the Democrats' ability to win this election. So who are the candidates? You have John Ossoff versus David Perdue, and you have Raphael Warnack versus Kelly Loeffler. Now, in the John Ossoff versus David Perdue race, you have a big, stark uh, difference between the Democrat John Ossoff and the Republican David Perdue. John Ossoff is a young 33-year-old. He, I think he worked in documentaries. He ran uh, a 27 camp, 2017 campaign for the House of Representatives, but he also lost, I think, in a runoff as well. And you have the Republican David Perdue, who's been a, a senator for a long time. He's been in uh, Georgia for a long time and been in po- politics for a long time. And David Perdue's focusing on get the vote out. We need to get the vote out. We don't need to talk about uh, opinions or policy. He won't ever debate John Ossoff. John Ossoff's called to debate David Perdue many times. David Perdue has said no. He said that doesn't matter. I don't care what my opponent has to say. I care about the Republicans. I care about the tr- the Trump supporters. He's very big on getting the Trump vote out. Uh, and he's focusing on getting the core values of the Republican Party in Georgia out during this election uh, in 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 this runoff race versus John Ossoff, who's very big in getting young people out. He's big on TikTok. He has uh, millions of followers on TikTok trying to get young people out. He's gone and campaigned all across the state, trying to get everyone out, trying to you know focus on a new civil rights act. And he's very liberal in a big sense on human rights and racism and sexism and homophobia. But he's also maybe more a little bit more moderate on the economy and uh, immigration. And he hasn't supported the Green New Deal. That's key to him winning. If he wants to win Georgia, he has to be moderate. He doesn't support the Green New Deal. He doesn't support, um, you know, defunding the police because he couldn't win that way. So now Loeffler and Warnock. Raphael Warnock is a pastor at the Ebenezer Baptist Church in Atlanta, which is the same church that Martin Luther King preached in. That gives him credibility in and of itself. But he's a pastor and now a politician, I guess. He... Also, like John Ossoff, supports many of the liberal ideals. He's a little more left than John Ossoff. This is compared to his opponent, Kelly Loeffler, who's really far to the right. She is a big Trumpist. 
both Republicans are leaning towards Trump because they know the Trump voters and the Trump base will go out to vote if they leverage the idea that the Democrats are a radical um, and all these Trumpist ideologies. So she has leans toward, leaned towards Trump. She is also one of the richest senators currently in the Senate. She's worth, yeah. I, I believe, her and her husband are worth $800 million. Her yeah, husband, some even say a billion dollars. Her husband even say is like dollars? the wow. CEO of the New York Stock Exchange. Her husband's a huge executive in the New York Stock Exchange. Uh, I hear they have a private jet. So some say that somebody so rich shouldn't represent uh, a working class state like Georgia. And a lot of people say that David Perdue is pretty wealthy as well. I don't know how much he makes, but... David Perdue trades a lot of stock. John Ossoff has been campaigning that David Perdue uses confidential information to trade stock, which is illegal. John Ossoff constantly says David Perdue is a corrupt trader, um, which could hurt him. But one trend we've seen from both Republicans is that they both lean into Trumpism and they both attack the Democrats on two ideas that they're radical leftists and that they're socialists. And people argue, you know, this didn't work for Trump in Georgia. Uh, Trump, you, Trump ran on this around the country and didn't work in Georgia. Trump lost the state to Biden. But others argue this is an effective campaign strategy because on attacking the Democrats for being radical leftists and socialists, the Republicans won a lot of House seats, um, which they were not expected to win. And they, you know, they flipped a lot of local offices with that, with that claim. Yeah, a good representation of showing how they're big uh, Trumpists and how a lot of their voters are big Trumpists is that a few weeks ago and at the, you know, during November, they both said that Biden did not win the election, that Trump won the election. They wouldn't uh, accept the fact that Biden won. Since then, they've accepted the fact, but they are very big into supporting Trump no matter what. They're 100 percent for Trump. And a lot of their voters like that. Their, Their voters are very big into Trump. And so uh, Loeffler and Purdue uh, want to, you know, appeal to that and they want their voters to see them as uh, very supportive of Trump as well. And even if, you know, they don't believe in some of the stuff that Trump has said or some of the, Trump, some of the stuff that Trump does, they still support him 100% because that's the only way they can win. So why are we talking about this election and why is everybody else talking about this le- election? You know, why is every news agency covering it every day? Why have both Democratic candidates spent over $100 million each on the election and the Republican candidates spent over $60 million each? I mean, why is so much money and so much time and so much effort being put into this election? And it all goes down to the Biden administration. If the Democrats lose even one of these seats, the Biden administration is not going to be able to do anything for the next two years. Yep. The Republicans currently have 50 uh, seats in the Senate. And the Democrats have 48. Now, the Democrats already have the House. Uh, they have they control it. And, but the Senate, the Republicans used to control. And now the Democrats want to take over it. And if they can get these two elections, these two Democrats in, then it'll be a 50-50 tie. In the case of a tie, it'll go to the vice president, Kamala Harris, who will vote for the Democrats. And so if both of these Democrats win these elections, what will end up happening is Biden will be able to pass every single piece of legislation he wants. And if they don't win... And Biden will be able to pass very little legislation. President Donald Trump explains the severity of this election really well. Let's hear it. The voters of Georgia will determine which party runs every committee, writes every piece of legislation. And that really means control of this country. And that's 100 percent true. If the Republicans win one, at least one seat, they'll have 51 Senate seats and they can, you know, cut away 
every single piece of legislation that passes the House. And Mitch McConnell has even vowed to destroy every piece of Democratic legislation. He called himself the Green Reaper. If the Democrats don't control the Senate and then the Republicans still control and he's still the Senate majority leader, he'll be the Green Reaper. He'll cut down every single legislation. He'll slash the bills and he won't let anything pass. And so if the Republicans win this race, we'll see a very different outcome uh, if the Democrats win. So it's very important what happens here. This could shape a lot of different legislation in the next few years. And so real, both sides realize the severity of this election. And that's why so much money has been poured in, so much time has been poured in, and so much effort has been poured in. To hear about the severity of this election, we brought my cousin in, Ben Cantor, who has been working with the Democrats, John Ossoff and Raphael Warnock to get them elected. Let's hear what he has to say. We want to welcome my cousin, Ben Cantor, who is an outreach associate at the Jewish Democratic Council of America. And he is going to speak to us a little bit about what it's like to be on the ground, you know, virtually now, but on the ground uh, in the meat and and potatoes. Ben, first off, what do you do for the campaign? Speak a little bit about what's your role in it. Because we are we are uh, a five hundred one c four, and we also have a PAC affiliate. We can't because of the you know campaign finance laws, and because our organization run runs ads, we don't coordinate directly with the Ossoff and Warnock campaigns. What uh, JDCA does do is we we are running our own campaign on behalf of them. Uh, and it's and we what makes us unique is that we target voters, Jewish voters specifically. So during the general election, we had fourteen uh, we had fourteen swing states that we that we focused on, where we had lists of Jewish voters in those states, and now we are targeting specifically Jewish voters in Georgia. So obviously, Ben, the stakes were high uh, for the general presidential election. Right. But do you feel that now the stakes may be higher um, or there's an extra level of stress, especially for the Democrats, you know, in this in this upcoming election? Yeah, well, I think that the 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 stakes, um, they're different. Uh, So, you know, in the in the presidential, we had a just a grossly incompetent and immoral buffoon who was just he was totally unfit for the job um, and. We were in the middle of a national crisis and we had to get him out of there in order for our country to just be healthy again. So in terms of just the immediate threat, I don't think we can overstate how much of a relief it is to get such a complete disaster of a man out of the White House. The, the stakes in, the, in, the, um, in this election are a little bit different because they speak to different issues. Uh, there are a lot of stakes in relation to Georgia's specific politics. And then there's the national side, which is, you know, this will determine not only who who controls the Senate, but also the way bills will be voted on, uh, how many, what bills will, will, will reach the floor. Um, and, you know, the, the majority leader really has a lot of power in deciding what bills not only get passed, but what bills even see votes. And so, you know, this speaks more to a lot of the partisan gridlock and a lot of the issues of, you know, the Congress not getting anything done. That's what this election is about. Uh, so, I mean, I think that in terms of immediate threat, you really can't, nothing gets worse than, the, you know, more important than the presidential. But 
this election is is also extremely important uh, and is it is extremely important that um, Warnock and Ossoff both be elected. And I know you're not part of the actual campaigns of Ossoff and Warnock, but have you noticed any differences in their styles compared to the Republicans, Purdue and Loeffler? Well, um, so there's there's really a big difference, um, especially between um, Warnock and Leffler, which is the Democrats have have spent a lot of time talking about what they're about and what they want to do, um, both nationally and in Georgia. And there's a lot of a lot of the ads, a lot of just the, the general focus is to talk about them, introduce themselves to the people of Georgia, who they are, especially Warnock. That's really what he, what his goal is, is to explain to everyone where he comes from, why this is so important to him, why his life serving as the pastor, why that, why he is made for this job. The Republicans are running a, basically a campaign of fear. They are painting the Democrats as radical socialists to try and scare their voters into uh, voting for them. And so, you know, it, they really don't have that much positive things to say about themselves. So they've run largely just a negative campaign and just have really focused on flooding the zone with negative attack ads and haven't spent as much time talking about who they are and what they're about. Whereas the Democrats have you know, not to say that they haven't punched back, but they they are also trying to really show who they are and what they're about. I would say that's the really the fundamental difference. So, so obviously, campaign ads um, and maybe the debates will be super important in determining the way a Georgian citizen will vote. But what are the other factors that are that will affect the outcome of this election? Yeah. Well, so there's there's a lot of unknowns. Um, you know, there hasn't been as much polling in this election as there was in the general, partly because the polls were very off again. And so I think that a lot of pollsters are more skeptical to, to try and, and poll. Um, and a lot of people are less trustworthy in polls. Um, but there, there are a number, I would say that there are some unknowns and there, you know, there are two really big things for each side to be worried about. So on the Democrats, um, what we've seen from the general is that Biden outperformed the, the Democratic Party in general. And that's because the, the attacks that, that the Republicans threw at Biden didn't really stick. You know, no, people who saw Biden didn't really believe that he was a socialist or that he was radical or any of that. But while they weren't at success, while the Republicans weren't as successful in painting Biden, they were more successful in painting the Democratic Party as a whole. And so the, the difficult thing in this election is now that it's not now that Trump is not on the ballot, it is in a traditionally conservative state for these Democrats to, you know, bring have a lot of those people who who were so disgusted with Trump, who voted for Biden to, to get them to vote for the Democratic Party in general. And if you, you know, looking at some of the, the, uh, the data, exit data from the Georgia election, the biggest swing for Biden was in, you know, was that, that suburban revolts 
mm-hmm. you know, white, somewhat affluent suburban women. And so are those voters who, you know, who many of them were conservative in nature, but were so, you know, because they were paying attention, were so disgusted with Trump. Now that Donald Trump is not on the ballot, and the question is, do they want to give Democrats control of the Senate? That's a that's a totally different thing to ponder and thing to consider. And so are the Democrats able to show in this election that they are the party of the people and they are going to they are going to do better things than the Republicans? Um, and and, you know, it's really a it's a different story for them because it's not about it's not about Biden versus Trump. It's about which party do you prefer? That's a totally different issue. And I think in a state like Georgia might be more difficult. So so if I understand correctly, an example would be, say, the Lincoln Project, who may not have voted for Trump and weren't huge supporters of Trump um, and may have even voted for Biden in the general election, but will then go vote for Purdue and Loeffler in in this upcoming election. Yeah, the Lincoln Project is supporting the Lincoln Project as an organization is supporting um, Warnock and Ossoff. But then the idea... Yeah, the voters like that, who who conservative in nature, um, will they will they will their support for Biden translate to their support for Democratic candidates? We don't know. Also, you know, the other goal is just raising turnout among young progressives. And based on the early voting data, there are reasons to be hopeful. But, you know, in Georgia, though, it went for Biden is still generally a red state. So the Democrats and also Democrats have not done as well in runoffs historically. So it, they are the underdogs of this campaign. For the Republicans, the big thing is what is the effect that Donald Trump's absurd behavior, what effect is that going to have? And there is a lot of concern among some of the Republicans because Donald Trump is sending very mixed messages to his voters. On the one hand, he is screaming and crying about how the election was rigged and how uh, it's a fraud and the election system's a fraud and sowing all of this doubt among his supporters, um, among the just our basic electoral system. And so, you know, we could talk about how how much of a betrayal of, of, of public trust and democracy that is, but it also could have a negative effect in that it, are his supporters going to take that to heart and then say, well, if the election is rigged, why would I go vote? And so the, the, the question is, you know, supporters are hearing from Trump. On the one hand, this election was rigged. Uh, it, it's a broken system. Your vote's not going to matter. And on the other hand, he's saying, Go vote for Purdue and Leffler. So if you're a Trump supporter, what do you do? Well, that was very interesting, Ben. We want to thank you for, uh, for coming on and giving your perspective. Yep. Thanks, Ben. Thank, uh, you. thank you for having me on. Um, and uh, we'll have to see what happens. And that concludes our episode, everybody. You can find more of The Young Perspective at theyoungperspective.net. Contact Ethan or I at ejtheyoungperspective at gmail.com. Um, you can also find us on Instagram at the Ethan and me. Ethan and I. No, think about it. Contact me at Ethan at EJ or contact I at EJ. It wasn't you have to take out the contact Ethan and I. 
No, if you think about it, if you would say just contact Fine, me. okay, okay. Con- contact Ethan and I at EJ the Young Perspective. No, it's, it's Ethan and me. C- contact contact Ethan and me at EJ the Young Perspective at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram at the underscore young underscore perspective. We want to once again thank our listener in France outside of Paris. We love you. And thank you, everybody, for listening. This was The Young Perspective.